Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topic and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. In this episode, we are going to talk with a woman in the throes of starting her own bank. She's going to share with us how this came to be, what it takes to start a bank, and what sets their bank apart from the rest. But before we do that, I'd like to hear from our show sponsors, Baker Tilly and Sunbelt Business Advisors. You wouldn't go deep sea fishing without a guide or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at sunbeltminnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth. Because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit sunbeltminnesota.com. Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880, sunbeltminnesota.com. At advisory and accounting firm Baker Tilly, we serve as value architects to help companies enhance and protect their value as they prepare to exit their business. Our team utilizes a rigorous approach to guide business owners through their transition, and we work with your other advisors to coordinate all aspects of a successful exit plan. Visit us at bakertilly.com to see how we can help. Baker Tilly, now for tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with Melissa Johnston, who is co-founder of Entrepreneurs Bank Shares. Wow. Melissa, welcome to Poise for Exit. Thank you, and thanks for having me, Julie. You know I've been an avid listener, and it's just a privilege to be uh, among one of your interviewees. I am so happy that you're here, and I can't wait for you to tell the story about this bank and Mm -hmm. your partners and everything that you guys have been doing. Um, I've got lots of really good questions for you, but before we do that, I'd like to have you just give us a little bit of background about Melissa. Like, how did you get here? Sure, sure. So my background is uh, I grew up on a farm in southern Minnesota and uh, transitioned uh, to the big city of Brookings, South Dakota, where I went to um, my undergrad, Uh, got a degree in math, and it was really my last two years Mm. in banking Uh, my last two years uh, in college, actually, that got me interested in banking. So I took a couple classes taught by an adjunct professor out at South Dakota State um, in money and banking, credit analysis, commercial Mm. bank management, and was simply fascinated by it. Mm. I just thought um, it made a lot of sense based on my personality with the, the logic and the numbers and the math and the economics, along with my uh, really joy in interacting with people to to look into banking, and so it's um, it's been where I've been since graduating 
uh, college with my undergrad. So how many banks have you worked for then? Just two, actually. Wow, that yep. means that you're a good, loyal, solid employee. I'd like to think so. Right, mm-hmm. but no longer an employee. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so after being uh, at a community bank for almost 10 years and then another community bank for just over 10 years, I transitioned to um, starting my own company with a couple other seasoned banking professionals And uh, we are on a journey to open a new bank. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about that. Um, You left, you just talked about the the banks that you'd worked for before. What was it that actually inspired you to do this? Because you were talking about your new partners. Like, did they approach you while you were still employed? Or did Mm -hmm. you just meet them and it was like, you know, providential? Or how did that go? Sure, yeah. It was kind of, it was a combination of all of that. I, I wasn't looking Um, You know me well, Julie, and we've worked on some projects together ourselves as it relates to events and and different things for business owners. And I I was extremely happy at Highland. I mean, you know the bank and the Mm -hmm. owners and and the management and... Good company. They took care of me. I took care of the clients, um, felt like my team was in a really good spot and and was not interested Mm -hmm. in, in leaving, did not talk with recruiters or... Um, anyone interested in in hiring me. And it was really the combination of reading Glennon Doyle's book, actually, Untamed, Mm. about being your highest and truest self. Like what what is is really your career? If if you could picture the most beautiful story about your career, what would it look like? Mm. And it really got me thinking. And I, and I thought to myself, am I truly using all the gifts that I have and could I be doing more than what I'm doing? Mm. On top of that, I was approached by a private investor who was interested in starting a bank. And the first three times I said, no, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even want to meet with them. And, and finally I said in a weak moment, okay, we can have coffee. Yeah. And uh, it was really listening to his vision for for the new concept on top of the fact that, you know, thinking to myself, could I really could I contribute at a higher level than what I'm doing right now? And uh, yeah, so after several meetings with him and then some joint meetings with our spouses and, and dinners and so forth, then he introduced me to two other folks that he had been talking to uh, to lead the bank and. I have to tell you, I, I really did not want to like the president of the bank because that would just make the decision easier for me. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> that I would just stay at, at, at Highland Bank and, and everything would be comfortable. Um, but it was magnetizing. I mean, the combination of those individuals, their vision, and then with the pandemic, I think it really provided people opportunity to do some introspection mm-hmm. in in what they were doing day to day and what they could be doing. And, and that's what I did. I just thought, you know, it would really be a disservice to myself to not take this opportunity. And so, yeah, met with um, Todd and Tim, several meetings, online meetings, phone calls. Um, and ultimately, ultimately, Tim said to me, you know, We'd love to have you, Melissa, but if you don't feel 100% like you could put everything into this, um, you know, with with your whole being and including your heart, you know, this 
isn't the best thing for you. So, mm-hmm. so I had to pray about it and talk to my coach and, mm-hmm. and, um, some good, a couple of good friends. I was really careful who I talked to because I have a non solicit and, and right. so forth with, with Highland Bank, but mm-hmm. just a handful of people. And ultimately they came back to me with Melissa. We would be really upset if you didn't. Yeah. You didn't pursue this, you yeah. know, just opportunity of a lifetime. And so, yeah, so that's what really inspired me is is the combination of of those facts. And and now fast forward a couple months, we've been working together as a team and we talk with partners and vendors and potential new employees and and they just can't believe we've just met i mean they say well, you guys have a- you act like you've been working together for four years i mean the chemistry on our team is just fantastic and i feel really blessed about that mm-hmm. i think that when you know that it's right it even if it it makes you feel nervous because it's new right it's mm-hmm. it's something you've never done before i think the nervousness is healthy because if you weren't nervous then there'd be something wrong, I think. This is true. But at the same time, you know in your gut that you're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally I get that. Yeah. yeah. Well, when I left um, a full-time job to, to become a consultant 11, 12 years ago, I did the same thing you did. I asked people that knew me best. I read that in your book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think I should do? And And so it helped to ratify what I was thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just need a little bit of that. Um, as we're going through a discernment process. And mm-hmm. so I'm really, really happy for you. Super Thank proud you. you are going to set the world on fire. <laughs> I know you, you will. Um, gosh. So we know that there are lots of banks out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and you've been competing, right, against other banks for a long time. Mm-hmm. And you're going to continue to compete so what is it that sets your bank apart from others? Entrepreneurs Bank Shares Incorporated. Yes. So I have to be careful because we're technically not a bank yet. Okay. And so the regulators, um, that could be something we, we chat about just with regards to that process. Mm-hmm. So we are a bank holding company. Okay. And you can be a bank holding company without owning a bank. Okay. And so that's what we're doing. We are we are uh, in in the process of sure. getting approved, mm-hmm. and our plan to differentiate ourselves once we once we get approved to open a new bank is to really what what we have come together with a common theme on is just that sense of urgency. That's what we have seen throughout our careers in the marketplace that small business owners, and that's who we're going to cater to, small to mid-sized business owners, uh, they really want that sense of urgency, and they want answers, even if it's no. They they really don't want to go through a process of four to five weeks and then hear back, yeah. we can't get this deal done for you. So hiring people that have that sense of urgency you know, we have it among the team. And then similar to 25 banks that have gotten purchased in the last 10 years, mm-hmm. we're going to be focused on relationships, mm-hmm. you know, getting to know people. Um, what are their opportunities? What are their challenges? What is their business about? Taking time to really learn about their company mm-hmm. and them and, and anticipating their needs throughout the process um, is, is really going to be important to us. And I think during the pandemic and the whole PPP process, it became clear to business owners, 
what types of banks and what type of bankers were going to be there for them. Mm-hmm. You know, they went through a time where, unfortunately, big banks, despite their resources, they couldn't put the program together to, right. to roll out to to small businesses that desperately needed the money. And it was those small banks. It was those business-focused banks that were able to get the money out the door and help people. And so, yeah, so that's the the type of bank that we're going to be. And we know that there are competitors in the market. There are some, some really good bankers out there and and some good banks. We, we know that. Um, and they can be good partners for us as well. You know, we, we as, as smaller community banks don't have the lending limits to do all the deals we want on our own. Sure. We need to have partners that have a similar credit mindset um, that we can do deals together. So, so we're going to be leaning on those partnerships as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, you really hit the nail on the head when you talk about the importance of relationship because, let's face it, business owners many times will wait too long to get the process going when they need a line of credit or they need something from their bank, right? And many times, unfortunately, the banker that they work with is not proactive Mm -hmm. and doesn't anticipate and doesn't know a lot about the business. They just know their part of what's going on in the business. But mm-hmm. having the whole picture is like like got to be super refreshing for the listeners out there mm-hmm. um, that are not working with a bank like that. And I mean, it just, it lights me up when I think about that, not just for me as a business owner, but also for my clients, mm-hmm. right? Um, especially the ones that have really struggled with that. Mm-hmm. And business owners don't always want to visit with their banker when things aren't going as well as they could be because they're afraid, right, mm-hmm. that uh, they're going to get the pl- plug pulled or, right, they're, something's going to happen, the rates are going up, or they're going to call our loan or whatever. Precisely. Yeah, and so then they don't talk to you, mm-hmm. and that doesn't help either. So no. I love that you're going to be proactive, that it's about relationship, about getting to know them and getting mm-hmm. to know their business mm-hmm. because then you can be, just like I am, on a different level, a different scale or a different... Um, track, if you will, um, that trusted advisor, mm-hmm. you know, um, the banker is the trusted advisor, the attorney, the CPA, the financial advisor, uh, me as the exit planner, you know, mm-hmm. working together to help those business owners. Mm-hmm. So as it relates then um, uh, in the in the work that you're going to be doing with business owners, let's talk about transition planning, mm-hmm. right? You and I met through the Exit Planning Institute mm-hmm. um, at a meeting one time, I think, um, mm-hmm. when I was still a chapter president, and um, and I was just impressed be, because I didn't know what your knowledge level was at the time because we never really talked about it, but the fact that you're such a relatable person and that you're actually out there working the crowd, if you Mm -hmm. will, you're super good at that, Mm -hmm. but you do it in such a genuine manner Mm -hmm. and you have the, the knowledge and the intellect and the experience to, to back it up. So that's what makes you such a powerhouse. Oh, thank you. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, but when it comes to exit planning, tell me about how you guys are going to help your clients, your customers, um, think that through that process through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love helping people through their acquisition and, or their exit. I mean, sometimes when I'm talking with someone about buying a business, we talk about how they're going to get out of the business <laughs> before they even buy it. Yes. I mean, it mm-hmm. can become part of the analysis. 
Um, and as you mentioned in your book, Julie, most likely the largest financial experience of a business owner's life is going to be buying or selling their business or right. both. Yeah. And so, and they'll likely only do it once. And so to, to really put that team together to help them through the process of logic Mm-hmm. is so critical because as we know when especially in the buying side when we're when we're in the spirit of buying something it tends to lean to an emotional decision instead of a logical one and i like to sit down with people and evaluate the numbers look yeah. at the trends what is what has happened historically in the business what are your projections what do you think you can do with the business um, so we, we start with the numbers and, and really dig into the cash flow and the ratios. And then at a high level, if that makes sense, then it's like, okay, we need to do a deeper dive into the intangibles. You know, oftentimes people will focus after they get through sort of the emotional piece of it, then it becomes about the numbers. And then we don't always think about, you know, what does the team look like? Right. You know, what are all the intangibles around that business and selling, you know, what type of legacy do I want to leave? Right. And there's, is it about getting the highest multiple from a private equity group or is it about transitioning to my team, to my kids? to my, So, so it's thinking about the intangible facts that come into that that transition plan where I feel like I can really be a sounding board, mm-hmm. especially after doing a number of these deals for so many years where I have the experience after talking with clients, going through the process to say, you know, let's look at it this way. Have you thought about it that way? And to, yeah, to just really be a resource. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it feels so good when I can sit down with someone and and going back to the numbers, go through go through the financial statements from a banker's lens, and then they make a comment to me like, wow, I never looked at it that way, or I didn't think about that. And it just, it yeah. feels good where you can just point out a few things because they ultimately want it to be a good decision, but they don't have all the tools to evaluate it. No, they don't. And Mm -hmm. like you said, they don't always, those questions don't always occur to them to ask, right? Mm -hmm. Whether the questions are coming from another banker, a competitor, or whether they're coming from the business owner who's actually sitting across from you. You know, the asking the right questions and knowing what questions to ask is everything. Right. It really is. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of the work that I do is helping owners understand what questions they need to ask of their other advisors that they Mm -hmm. haven't asked yet. Correct. Yeah. And then getting to a a level where there's going to be some stones that you just can't uncover. And so it's like, where's that threshold, right? Where is that appropriate comfort level where you have enough information to, to clearly articulate that this is a good decision, but there may still be some gray area. I mean, especially Mm -hmm. in the smaller business market, Mm -hmm. which I think is more risky than buying a big company. Oh yeah. Because there's just a lot of process type things that may not be outlined, a lot of organizational Mm -hmm. structure, Mm -hmm. chaos. And so, so just talking through that on the front end of, you know, here's, here's some of our questions. Here's some of the pieces that we may not get fully flushed out and, Mm -hmm. and where, where, where's your comfort level within that. And so, 
Well, I think that uh, understanding too, or helping the, the client, the customer understand uh, why are they really looking to either buy this business or sell this business to whoever, whether it's internal or external. Like, what's the reason, right? Mm-hmm. And and if I'm if I'm looking to acquire because I want to grow or because it makes sense to do, um, it definitely has to make sense from a number side, but it also has to make sense, like you said, from a culture side. Mm-hmm. And bringing two teams together and two systems together and two ways of doing business together is not easy. No. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. it's a big project. It really is a big project, almost even bigger than just selling to another party. Mm-hmm. Because then you're not like marrying. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Well, let's switch gears for a second. I wanted to ask you about the process for starting up. Let's mm-hmm. talk about that for a minute. Yeah, and what a fascinating process that is. And I had to lean back on, on Glennon Doyle again when we started this process because she said sometimes you just have to make a decision without thinking about the doing, like to just say this is the decision I'm going to make. This makes the most sense to me and not think about the doing. And so I had to do that when I decided to get my MBA. If mm-hmm. I would have known everything it would have taken to get my MBA, I wouldn't have done it. And um, I'm not going to say that yet about this, but it <laughs> is intense. Yeah, I mean, someone right. posted on my LinkedIn. They're like, are you prepared for this arduous process? And I'm like, oh, we'll be fine. Um, but it is, it's intense. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's already been a fascinating um, learning experience. So what we did first is we had uh, preliminary conversations. So we were able to get on the, on the calendar with um, well, first of all, I mentioned we're going to be a start state chartered bank. So we have to go through the Department of Commerce versus the OCC. So mm-hmm. okay. we're able to get the Department of Commerce, the FDIC, and the Federal Reserve to agree to a phone call with us where we could explain to them what we were looking at doing and just get kind of a pulse check. You know, are you even approving banks right now? Because I'm not sure if everyone knows this, but there hasn't been a de novo bank in the region uh, since 2007. So mm. 14 years, no wow. newly chartered banks. Wow. Lots of banks have come in and out of markets, but not right. a brand new charter. So we didn't even know if, if a new charter was going to be something that could get done. Sure. And then those, those conversations all went really well. The next step was um, doing our pre-approval application. Mm. So that is intense just to do the pre-approval. And uh, we just had our verbal meeting um, with the FDIC, which they provided, again, positive feedback that we feel really fortunate that they're on board. And we're hoping to do the same thing with the Department of Commerce. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once we get, so now they have 30 days to give us their formal written feedback on their pre-approval. I this see. is not their formal approval. This is on sure. their pre-approval. Mm. And then once we get that, we can take that written feedback and incorporate that into our final application, which will go to the FDIC, the Federal Reserve, and the Department of Commerce. Mm. And just to give you a sense of the pre-approval, our submission was over 600 pages. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's insane. To say that it's not easy to start a bank would be a colossal understatement. We're really excited. We see the light at the end of the tunnel. It is intense. I tell you what, having a team, I I could not do this alone. It would be extremely difficult to do this alone. Let me just say that. Mm -hmm. Um, But having 
putting different pieces on each other and then checking in on those pieces and having our CFO who keeps all of the templates and, and processes and keeps us accountable along the way has been critical along with our partners at Winthrop, Tony Mock leading mm. that charge, and mm. then Clifton Larson Allen, Tom Danielson, and Neil Falcon. Um, they've been tremendous advisors for us along the process. So once we submit our formal Wonderful. final application, which we intend to do mid-July based on timing, uh, the, the government has four months to review our formal application. And then after we get that, we will be able to finalize our plans and hopefully open within a couple months of that. So we're thinking January 2022 at the earliest and hopefully May at the latest is what we're what we're gearing towards. So okay, well, we will be paying attention to that. Yeah, and then mm. along the way in parallel, you know, we have to make some decisions on real estate and mm. branding and teams. Mm. And so like anyone, when you have a startup, it's like, do you sign a lease first or do you do this first? I mean, there's always those decisions on opportunity costs. And and yeah. so we're weighing all those decisions and, and again, um, working closely with our advisors. So it's one of those things where I have to listen to the advice that I've always given my, my clients throughout this process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, mm-hmm. I understand how that works. I have to do the same thing. Yes. So if you're going to say do. these things to your clients, then you got to do it yourself, right? <laughs> yes, we yeah, do. Absolutely. That that just you know helps you sleep better at night anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Sure. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. Um, we ran out of time. Otherwise, we could keep going, right? We sure could. But we will have you back after the launch so we can talk about how that went and what you've learned since then and how you guys are, you know, what's your value prop and uh, marketing and promo and all those kinds of things and make it fun. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and thank you, Julie, for all that you've done for the community mm. with your book and your podcast mm. and Exit Planning Institute. I mean, you've just made such a difference in so many people's lives. It was awesome to read those testimonials, which came, a couple came from my clients as well. So I yeah. was just really pleased to read that. So thank you yes. also. Well, mm-hmm. it's, it's been an honor. So yeah. thanks for being on the show and we'll just keep doing good work in the world. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. So as usual, folks, you can download this episode on the Poised for Exit website. That's poisedforexit.com, where you can subscribe and follow on any platform that you prefer. Thank you so much for listening and joining us, and we hope to have you with us again next time.